God is a good God. He is doing great things. We're living in a time that, you know, people are desperate. But we as Christians should never be desperate. Our God has won the victory. Who's the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Who's conquered hell and death in the grave? That's right. And he has a victory for you every day. And uh, we've, been, we've been learning a little bit about this because uh, last week I started a series that God put on my heart. I've been, been just studying and meditating and just working this out in my own life. But uh, the title of it is God's Best, Life's Best Guide. And, uh, you know, we, we, we need help. We need help all the time. You know, this past week I was aware many times of, of moments where I needed help. And uh, I was sitting just meditating and, and uh, uh, reading. And have you ever had a song kind of just continue to loop in your brain? Thanks, Braden. I, I'm not the only one. <clears throat> well, this song was, was looping in my brain. And I was like, God, you got to help me. i got to study. i got to focus. And, and you may know this song. It was by the Beatles. It's called Help. And, and part of the, the song, some of the verse is, uh, when I was younger, so much younger than today, I never needed anybody's help in any way. And, you know, I, I relate to that because I think all of us, most people, um, especially as Christians, we want to be a help to people, but we're kind of hesitant to ask for help. Is there anybody here except me that feels a little hesitant about that? And, and I was not just hesitant, I was really resistant for a long time in my life. And, and I found out that that was just pride and I needed to get rid of that. But God has designed where we're all supposed to be a help to each other, right? The Bible says that we're a body. There's no one part that, that can do it alone. We all need the other parts. And the song goes on, but now those days are gone. I'm not so self-assured. Now I find I've changed my mind. I've opened up the doors, help. And it's true. You know, I'm realizing I need help from people, and it's not wrong. It's part of how God designed us, where we would be there to help each other. God's there to help us, but he's going to work through people. And so we need to be aware that, that the help we need is going to come from God, and he, he may do it himself. He may use people, whatever he does. But that's where we've, we've got to realize that we can't stand alone. If we're standing alone, we're opposing what God intended. God intended us to be connected and interactive and intertwined with him and with one another. Amen? And, and so today we're going to continue on this, uh, this series about life's best guide because we need help. We need help and guidance uh, through life. Anybody here this week, you encountered something you didn't expect? <laughs> Kind of an obvious question. We do that every week. We encounter things we didn't expect, we didn't uh, recognize coming. But how many of you know God's not, never taken by surprise? That's right. He isn't. And that's where we, we, we have such short-sightedness. And God, there's no limit to what he sees and what he knows and what he understands and what he can do. And that's why we need to recognize in this life, uh, we need his help. We need his guidance. And, and this morning... There is something that God wants to give to you. Those of you that are here, those of you that are home, it doesn't matter where you are. There's no time or distance in the spirit, but God is there and God wants to impart something to you today that would change your life, that would help you become more like him, help you experience more of the abundant life 
help you see the victory that God has for you. And so this morning we're going to pray, and, and it's not a moment for you just to listen to me praying. It's God hears all our prayers at the same time. I'm going to pray. I want you to invite God to speak to you, to impart to you what he has, to download into you uh, what you need. He knows what you need. We don't even know what we need, but he does. And it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your presence. We thank you, Father, for the plan you have for us, the power you have available to us, and the provision. Father, there's nothing lacking when we look to you. Every good and perfect gift comes from you, and you have desired, desired that we would prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. It's your good pleasure to give us your kingdom, and your kingdom is a kingdom of abundant life. It's a kingdom of health and joy and peace and strength. And right now, Father, we ask because your word says we have not because we ask not. And so we ask you to speak to our hearts, our situations, and, and help us know the truth that will set us free, the truth that will empower us to overcome, the truth that will bring healing, health, and wholeness to our lives. Father, we know that, that uh, you have truth for us that will cause us to rise up in all that you have for us, to be who you have for us to be and do what you have for us to do. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you in faith. We believe you're going to uh, impart to us today here in this building for all those that are watching at home what we need so that we can go forth in the victory that you have provided for us. And we thank you, Father, for this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. So, you know, we need help in, in a variety of things. And I was, I was reminded this week of, uh, you know, we, we realize that God is the only one that has our best interest at heart. God is the one that will always do the best for us. Uh, last week we looked in, at what Jesus' words were when he was talking to his disciples about him leaving. He said, uh, I'm going to do the best thing for you. I'm going to leave. And that didn't make any sense to the disciples. They were like, well, that, 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 don't leave. That's not the best thing. But it was the best thing because he said, when I leave, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. Now, in, in natural thinking, in our limitations of really understanding how God does what he does and what he's doing and how much it is better than what we could ever imagine or dream, he was, he was telling them the truth, but they couldn't comprehend it because they could not comprehend the fact that God was going to come and live in them by his spirit. You know, if Jesus was still here, it wouldn't be as good if he was here in the flesh, it wouldn't be as good as what is currently happening. Because if we had to get to Jesus to get our answers, how many of you know the line might be a little long? And for those of us that love lines, it would be great. <laughs> you know how you do. You go to the grocery store and you look for the longest line to get in. No, it would, it would be a nightmare. And that's why Jesus said, this is the best thing. I'm doing the best thing for you. I'm going away. And they couldn't comprehend it, but it was still true. They needed to believe it because what was going to happen was the Spirit of God was going to be given. And uh, we, we, we saw that in John chapter 16, verse 7. But in verse 13, 
This is what he said, and we, we looked at this last week, but we're just going to look at it as a refresher. He said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into what? All truth. Not some truth, all truth. Now, what do we know truth does? The Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will what? Set you free and keep you free. Now, if you're dealing with truth, what's the opposite of truth? What's false, what's, what's not accurate, not, not right. And so when we're dealing with something that's not true, there's a degree of deception. Is that correct? Is that accurate? And we found out where there's deception, there is what? Loss. We lose when there's deception. The Bible says in these last days that we're living in that deception will abound. Many will be deceived. And so we're living in those times, and what we need to combat that is truth. And right here it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. The only way we're going to be free of deception, we're going to be free of being ripped off, is to have the spirit of truth guide us into all truth. Now, that's, that's just a necessity. But when we look at that word guide, uh, that word has a lot of meanings and a lot of uh, facets to understanding if you if you have a guide um do you want somebody that's an expert or somebody that just started guiding i i know obvious question but just think about it because i experienced this <clears throat> i was i bought my first car and i had been driving it for a while it was a, a standard and i got to the place where my clutch was going out now, any of you that know me know that I don't know anything about cars. I just knew the clutch was going out because I was having trouble shifting. And when I got to, to where I was working in the summer, uh, one of the guys noticed that I was kind of grinding gears. And he said, don't you know how to shift? I said, yeah, I do know how to shift, but it's not doing it very well. And he said, what's going on? And, and he said, your clutch is, is going. You got to replace your clutch. So I didn't have money to have somebody else do it, so I bought a book. <laughs> hey guys come on have some faith in me Dave's sitting over there he's like yeah I've replaced your brakes and you didn't know how to do that uh, but I bought a book and I, I sat one of the lunch lunch times at, at my summer job I sat there and I was looking at the book and one of the guys at work said what are you doing I said well my clutch sounded like I knew what I was talking about my clutch is going and I bought a book on how to replace it he said really I know how to do that I was like, really? Because I'm reading the book and I can't understand it. But I wasn't going to let on to anybody. And, and he said, I'll help you. I thought, this is going to be a piece of cake. He can do it. I'll be there to assist him. And so we met and uh, got under the car and started taking everything apart. I didn't know everything was down there. And uh, we, we put it all back together. I followed his instructions. And when we got it all back together, there were a couple extra pieces. And he said, you don't need them. I believed him. I drove off. Fortunately, I kept the pieces and found out later I had to replace the clutch again and have somebody else do it that knew what they were doing. The one that was guiding me wasn't the best guide. And so I didn't get the best results. And today we have all sorts of things, all sorts of people, all sorts of uh, theories, ideas, and things that, wanna, that we could be guided by, but there's one we need to be guided by, and that's 
by God, by the Spirit of God. And God's given us his Spirit to guide us. But the question that, that we all have to really ask of ourselves are, is, are we really making use of the guide that God's given? Because there's never a time, never a situation, never anything we encounter that God's not there aware, prepared, and willing to give us what we need in that moment. And yet, how many times do we face what we face and we don't turn to God to guide us? And who's responsible for that? We are. I am. I am. And I've realized that I've known this. This is information I've carried up here for many, many years as a Christian, but I haven't adjusted my life to this, where I, could, I am choosing to walk in the guidance of God continuously. Because we can do that. That's what Jesus did, and he did it to show us that we could do it. But when you look at that word guide, there are some words that are associated with it, advisor, counselor, mentor, teacher, Helper and expert. How many of you know that expert is good? And we consider certain people experts, but many times it's not that they know everything about it. They just know more than we do. But who is the only one that knows everything about everything? That's right. He's the only true expert. And that's really what we need. We need an expert in every situation. Um, because if we don't, uh, we could have the same results that I had with the clutch when we get somebody that thinks they're an expert, but they're not. And that's why we need to be guided by the Holy Spirit. He is the best guide for life. And uh, in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, it tells us about the helper. Uh, Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he'll give you another helper who will be with you how? Forever. Now, if we just stop right there, it says the Father is going to give us another helper. Now, that word another is a very specific word. It means in addition to a number, but of the same kind, exactly alike. An additional, but exactly alike. So what this is saying is that, that the Father is going to give this helper... This expert, this one that's going to come alongside us, um, another translation, another definition is uh, comforter, one who comes alongside to assist or to lift up or to elevate. This is, this is what the Holy Spirit does. He comes alongside us and he helps elevate our lives. Is there anybody here, any of you at home, that you don't need any more elevation in your life? You've got a high life. It's just the best it could be. It couldn't get any better. Right. We're, we're all looking for God to help us elevate, continue to overcome. And so right here, there's another of the same kind, another in addition, but the same kind, exactly like who will help us and be with us forever. It says the helper, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it does not know, see him. It doesn't know him. You know him because he lives with you and will be where? In you. This is, this is absolutely, if we stopped right here and paused and just asked everybody, don't move, don't leave, don't go home, don't get, you know, another cup of coffee, but sit down and begin to meditate on that. 
that God has now moved into you. The creator, the creator of the world is living in you. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is seen and, and revealed throughout the whole, all of scriptures? In the book of Genesis, in chapter 1, it says that when God was creating, the Spirit brooded over the face of the earth, the face of the waters. In the last book of the Bible, Revelation, chapter 22, I think it's verse 17, it says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. Throughout the Bible, we see the Spirit of God involved with Jesus being conceived. When the church was born, we see the Spirit of God. The Bible says that all the word, the whole scripture is inspired. Holy Spirit is the ghost writer of the scriptures. I mean, he is, he is very much present throughout all the Bible. And I, I can't remember who it is that said this, but a fairly well-known Christian writer said, if the church today... If the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, left the church today, it would continue on and no one would notice. But if the Spirit of God had left the first, the beginning of the church, everything would have stopped and everybody would have known. You know, we are, we're carrying the presence of God. The, the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the guide, the helper, and yet, how does that change? How is our life different than people that don't know God? There should be a real tangible awareness that there's something different. Because God, God, almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, is living in us. And not just, we're not just carrying him around. He's guiding us. He's governing us. He's guarding us. Literally, he's putting his super on our natural, and there should be an expression of that. Don't you think? And so we, we are here, and we're supposed to be guided. We've got a helper, and he's there to help us, and he's there living in us. There's nothing that can separate us from him. And yet, how much do we really, how much are our lives really influenced and impacted by that? And with a second question, how much should they be? See, I, as I've prepared for this, and I've been studying and going over these scriptures and just meditating on this for, for a number of weeks, and uh, I became very convicted that I was missing a lot of what God had for me. Knowledgeable, yes, I know these things. I've read these things. But am I living this? Am I really intentionally pausing to get the guidance from Holy Spirit? And if not, why not? Why would I not want to get the guidance from Holy Spirit? In verse 26 of John chapter 14, Jesus goes on to say this, However, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you what? Hold it. Teach you what? Oh, come on. That's, that's, that must be a typo. 
If, if it says everything, do you know what it means in the Greek? Everything. everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he'll teach you everything. He will remind you of everything that I've ever told you. Okay. So if that's the case, the next thing you face, the next test, the next trial, the next temptation you face, who's going to have the answer for you? Yeah. Yeah, Holy Spirit is. But we have a bit of a problem. Oh, I'm sorry. I have a bit of a problem. My problem is this. I like to be in control. I don't want to give anybody else control. And so it's hard for me to allow myself to be yielded and submitted and guided to God when I just look at him as, well, you know, I know, but I don't really know. Because here's our, our challenge. If a guide is a guide and we don't submit, how well does a guide guide? That's not like how much wood does a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck. <laughs> Seriously, if, if a guide is going to guide us and we don't submit, how well can the guide guide? Now, this is, this is understand this. It's because God will never force anyone to do anything. Is that correct? And so if he won't force us and he's there to guide us, it's because we willingly follow. We willingly submit, we willingly yield. But if we don't willingly do that, then we choose to go without what God has freely and fully prepared and provided for us. And if we go without what God has provided for us, remember in Deuteronomy chapter 30, God said, I, I give you a choice Today, choose between life and death, blessings and cursings. We're going to choose life and blessings or death and cursings. Those are the only choices. If we choose God, then we have life and blessings, right? If we don't choose God, then what do we have? Death and curses. And so that's where, even though God's right there living in me and I'm not willing to submit to him, I'm not willing to yield to him, I'm not willing to be guided by him because I want to be in control, then I'm not going to have life and blessings. But my choice. And why? Why, why, why would I not allow God to guide me? Especially with all the omni-characteristics of God. You know what I'm talking about? When I talk about omni-characteristics, there are three. All right? God is omnipresent. What does that mean? Anybody know? God is everywhere all the time. None of us can do that. Correct? So... He's everywhere all the time. We can't get beyond where God is to be there to help us. Correct? Okay. So he's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. Anybody know what that means? All powerful. He's all powerful. There's no one as powerful as God. So he's everywhere and there's nothing he can't do. And the third one is he's omniscient. 
He knows everything. He's all wise, all knowing. He has all knowledge. So he's everywhere all the time. He can do anything and everything. And he's got all the wisdom, all the knowledge. There's nothing that he doesn't understand, nothing he can't do. So, obviously, I don't want to trust him. I want to trust me. Smart move. A move that we make on a regular, sorry. A move that I make on a regular basis, a decision I make to trust me instead of turning to God and being guided by God. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the way I've done life. But I need to make an adjustment to be able to experience the abundant life, the victory, the kingdom of God on a daily basis. This isn't something that I'm waiting to get to heaven for. God wants me to experience heaven on earth. God wants you. God wants you to experience heaven on earth every day. We live in a fallen world. And God wants you in this world, but not of this world, that you would rise above. You would be able to go through and overcome whatever this world has to throw at you. But the only way that it happens is when we're guided by the Spirit of God. We're, we're helped by the Spirit of God. You know, we, we need to recognize that God helps us, but we also... God. Does God use people? Right. And that's where it's a partnership. It's a relationship, but it's a partnership. God wants to use people, and we need God to use us. We can't do it without him. You know, this building, we built this building. Well, the outside walls were here. But a lot, everything else went. The roofs went. And uh, there were so many people that were, that were really... <clears throat> They were the ones that were guiding us in this. There was one man that did all the electrical. He had people that helped him at times. But all the electrical, he oversaw it. He guided the team in how to do what they did. And then there were people that painted and had people assist with them, but people that were pretty much experts in this stuff. And, and one of the things that uh, we did was we did all the sheetrock. Now, I, I, if, if you want me to help you, I want you to know the limitations of my help. Don't ask me to build anything. It doesn't work. But if you need something broken, I can do it. And, and so in this project, we're doing sheetrock, and, and guys would come in at all hours, and we'd have teams, and, and I, I went with the sheetrock team. And they tried to train me and what I needed to do and showed me the, the sheetrock gun and, and screwing stuff in and how to do it. And I would screw it in and go beyond and break the edges off the sheetrock. And they were really patient with me. And they come back and say, listen, Pastor, you need to you, dial it back a little bit. Okay, I'll dial it back. Still breaking. You know what, Pastor? I think those guys over there may need you. We're doing okay here. And, and finally, you know, I got bumped around to a lot of different groups. And I finally got bumped to the person that was doing all the cement work and the block work and, and all of that. Uh, some of you know who he is, John Banks. And John Banks was, was really the one that was guiding me. And I was trying to be a help to him. But John was so patient with me. And one of the things that would come up in our working together, I would hear this on a regular basis, fairly often, 
Oh, pastor. <laughs> you know, we, we, we did the rocks together. John and I did those rocks. Well, John did the rocks. I helped. Well, maybe I didn't really help, but John endured it. And, and we, every one of you had to walk in through the foyer, those tiles. You walked over, guess who did those? You know, Deb, you got to go home with me. <laughs> You're like, what'd she say? She said, John, she's right. John, John, John did those tiles. But I helped. John showed me how to cut tiles, and I was, he, he said, this is what I need, these are the things, this is, and he drew lines for me to cut. And, and I would take them over to John, and John would put them down on the cement and glue them in and, and, and do all that. And I, I remember taking one set of things I had cut, and I took them over, and he's like, trying to fit them in. And then he realized I had cut them wrong. And he was like, oh, pastor. I said, but John, the good news is we have plenty of other tiles. <laughs> and, and, but you know what? John was so patient, so willing to help me, even in that time where I wasn't much of a help, he didn't give up on me. I want you to know, God's not going to give up on us. We're not going to get it right the first time. But we should be able to grow. And I think John was really believing that I would retain this information. And unfortunately, our son bought a house and he was doing tile and he was doing flooring. And he had to go to YouTube to find out how to do it. I couldn't help him at all. But God is there to help you. Help you in everything, no matter what you face. How many of you know you can't face anything that God doesn't understand, doesn't know, and can't do something good about? Do you believe, Romans 8, 28, God will work all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose? Then you believe that God can be the best help, the best guide for life that, that any of us could have. But we've got to choose that. We have to choose that. And, and so God wants to help us every day. Not just today. Today's Sunday, so we're kind of dialed into God, right? Tuned in, sitting on the couch, listening, got our Bibles, got the scriptures. We're, we're, we're waiting for God to download something. And that's what Sunday is, right? But how about Monday? Is there anything you think God could help you with on Monday? Tuesday? Wednesday? Yeah, every day. He's an everyday God. He is always with us. And that's where with this, God wants as our helper, as our guide to help us every day. But what does he want to help us do? It's, it's practical stuff. The first thing we're going to look at is God wants to help you know what you need to know. And we don't even know what we don't know. But God knows that. And God is there to furnish what you need to know when you need to know it. Now listen, it's not what we want to know. It's what we need to know. There's a difference between what I want to know and what I need to know. And God knows the difference. And he's going to give me what I need, not what I want all the time. Because there are times I want stuff that aren't, isn't good for me. And so 
God will help you, help me, help us know what we need to know by the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse, excuse me, verse 9 and 10, it says this. But on the contrary, as the Scripture says, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man. All that God has prepared made and keeps ready for those who love him, who hold in a, him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. So we see right here, no, stay back there. Uh, eye has not seen, ear hasn't heard, and it hasn't entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared. What's God playing games? He, he's not going to show us? No, it's saying that we as human beings can't recognize, we can't comprehend, we can't take in all that God's prepared for us. The Bible says God will do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. What God has planned for you and what God has available for you is incomprehensible for us as human beings alone, just as us. We are not able. We can't take it all in. But it says that, that these things that he's prepared, he's made ready, he keeps ready for those who love him. And, and then it goes on in verse 10 to say this, yet to who? Us, to you, to you, to you here, to you at home, to us, God has unveiled and revealed them. He's pulled the curtain back. The things that you and I couldn't possibly on our own get, recognize, retain. He's unveiled and revealed them by and through his spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, every, even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and the things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. I get excited when I see this because I realize I am, as a human being, I am limited. I am in some ways deficient of what I need, but God is more than enough. And right here it says the Spirit of God will unveil and reveal what? Divine counsels and things hidden beyond man's scrutiny, beyond your and my ability to access, to understand, to utilize, beyond us. This is what the Spirit of God, he brings us he guides us. He helps us understand the divine counsels. Psalm 73, verse 23 and 24 says, God, God is always there. He holds us by our right hand, and he will guide us with his counsel. When we think of the counsel of God, is God's counsel ever wrong? Will God's counsel do anything other than give us abundant life? No. God's counsel will always help us to overcome, help us to experience the abundant life God has. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to have difficulties. In the midst of those difficulties, God will give us what we need to keep going, to have hope, to, to be able to persevere. And then it says, and things hidden beyond man's scrutiny. You know, this is exactly what happened with the disciples. In Acts chapter 4, when, when Peter and John and the disciples had, had preached at the day of Pentecost, 
people looked at them and it says they saw them, they were uneducated and untrained. And they marveled and were amazed, but they realized they had been with Jesus. The one that took Jesus' place here, Jesus said, I'm going, but I'm sending one just like me. The Spirit of God lives in you. And it will cause you, it will, you will, God doing this in your life will cause other people to marvel. How, how do they know that? Because they know God. Because they hear and are guided by the Spirit of God. This isn't something you have to go buy. This isn't something you have to have years of education to have. This is a gift. The Spirit of God is a gift that God gives to each and every one of his children. And it's what we do with what he's given us, whether we're going to relate to the Spirit of God, to be guided by him, to be helped by him, or we're going to try and do it on our own. And quite frankly, I've tried to do it on my own way too long. And you know what I've come to understand? It's not working. And I don't want to do this on my own. I don't want to do it by my own wisdom. You know, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with your whole heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all ways acknowledge him or turn to him and invite him to give input. And he'll direct your steps. We all know here, you know at home, that us directing our steps is going to have a different outcome than God directing our steps. Because I've directed my steps. I've directed, I've made choices without God's input. And I'm telling you, I thought they were great ideas. And some of them were some of the worst choices I've made. But every time I've let God guide me, it's not always been easy, but it's always been best. Because that's what he does. He does the best. He does the best. So he'll help you know, know what you need to know, even when things are hidden or beyond you. And, and what's the first thing we need to know? Romans chapter 8, verse 16. It says this. The spirit of self testifies or affirms together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are the children of God. That's the first thing you need to know. And the spirit of God is right there to always affirm, always remind you, always guide you back to the truth. You're God's kid. Now, unfortunately, we live in a fallen world. And in this fallen world, families aren't what God intended them to be. What God intended families to be were supportive and loving and affirming. And, and that doesn't always happen. In, in a family, God intended that the blessing would come upon each generation, ever increasing. But that doesn't always happen. And yet when we realize that we are God's kids and God loves us and God is everywhere, God is all powerful, able to do anything, and God knows everything and he wants to give the best to you, why would we ever stress out or be afraid when we face anything? When we let the Spirit of God guide us and remind us and affirm in us that we're God's kids. No fear. No fear. 
Wherever we have fear, we have to check, are we really looking at God, or are we looking at ourselves, our resources, our abilities, and coming up short? The second thing, uh, when, when, when we see this, we see that God is able to tell us things about our lives. You know, so many Christians say, I, I, I want to know why I'm here. What's my purpose in life? Do you really want to know? Seriously, do you really want to know what God has for you? One of the things that I've found over the course of my life is I'll ask God about things, but I won't always get answers. And this is why. What I've come to find is that the Bible says when you diligently seek him, you'll find him. When you seek him with your whole heart. There are times that I'm interested in knowing what God has for me, but not so interested I'm making it a priority. This happened in my life when, when we were... We were aware of some changes that were going to go on. And, and I would pray. I would pray when I drove to work and when I drove home. I would pray when I found time and I didn't get answers. And it wasn't until I made it a priority that I would get up in the morning and I would seek him early. That I would take my lunches. That I would, in the evenings... Spend time seeking God, listening for God, getting guidance from God. And you know what? When I made it a priority, God let me know. Because he's not going to waste information on somebody that it's just, you know. If you really want to know what God has, he'll tell you. But you've got to show him this is important. And seek him and really focus and spend time. Be willing. There was a man that, that God showed what his life purpose was. In Luke chapter 2, verse 26, it says this. And this is about Simeon. And he was just a regular guy. He worked at the temple, but he was a regular guy. And it said, it had been revealed to him, Simeon, by the Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. That's pretty significant, isn't it? I'm telling you, this is not something he'll just do for Simeon. He'll do it for you if you really want to know and you're willing to obey whatever he reveals, not run from it, he'll show you. He'll give you that wisdom, let you know what you need to know. But he'll not only let you know what you need to know, he'll let you know what you need to know when you need to know it. God's not playing games. And, and I'm not saying we do, but sometimes we're not as committed as we need to be because we want information, and then we'll decide whether we're going to follow it. God's not going to give information that way. It happened with Peter. In, in Acts chapter 4, or I'm sorry, Acts chapter 10, it says, and while Peter thought about the vision, God had given him a vision. And while he was thinking about the vision, it says, the Spirit said to him, behold, three men are seeking you. Was that information that was pertinent to that moment? Absolutely, he needed to know that. But it also goes on in the next verse to say, uh, and, and you need to go with them because I have sent them. There are things you need to know every day. What's God doing? What's God want to do? What, God, what is God able to do in your life? And if Peter didn't know this, he wouldn't have been open to these guys coming and him following them and fulfilling God's will. There are all sorts of people that I have, I have been around and I've learned from as far as being exposed to people that were really walking, being led by the Spirit. 
One of the people I remember um, came to Rome years and years ago. His name is Peter Youngren. And we had some meetings at the Capitol Theater. Um, <clears throat> he came in to speak. And uh, I don't know how it happened except God. I had some time alone with Peter in one of the wings of the stage before he went on. And, and I was very impressed that I was very aware of the presence of God with, with Mr. Youngren. And uh, he, was, he would, was always praying in the Spirit. He shared with me how God had guided him to do so many different things. And at that moment, I was like, God, I want this. I really want to be able to live this way. And it was a desire, but I hadn't made the decision to pay the price. And so that kind of went. But I was, to this day, I was very aware that this was a man that, that was led by the Spirit. The Bible says if you live by the Spirit, then you need to walk in the Spirit. If that's where life comes from, we need to stay connected and following the Spirit of God. In the times in our lives, Debbie's in mine, we've experienced God giving us wisdom, giving us knowledge, and what, what, what we needed to know. There was, there was a time where things were really difficult in the job that I was in. And uh, people were getting fired and laid off all the time. And there was a, a year that it looked like I was going to get fired and laid off and Debbie was pregnant. And yet God had let us know it's going to be okay. He didn't let us know how, but there was a peace. God had guided us to understand we didn't have to worry about the job. And so I would go in day after day after day and expect to be let go that day. And for a year, that's how I went to work. But there was a peace in both of us. And then God directed us, had us, kind of nudged us to say, you know, I've got to change. And, and we started to really seek God about that and, and really understood that God wanted us to step away from where we were, the job I was in, where we were located geographically. And, and we did. And we were directed to come up here. We knew we were supposed to come up here. It wasn't, please understand, it wasn't what we wanted to do at the time. We wanted to be anywhere else but here. I'm just being honest. And, and my thinking was, how could I go back to Rome? That's, there's not going to be a life for me there. I left there. But that's how little I know. God was trying to help me and help Debbie have the best life we could have. And we came to Rome, and I'm telling you, it was the hardest thing we've ever done in our lives. But by the grace of God and by the love of God and the life of God, we have experienced the greatest life we could have. Being here, raising our kids here, being part of a family like this, it's been, it's been amazing. And, and, you know, there are the, if we'll just be willing, to be guided by God. God will do amazing things in your life. Debbie and I were in Florida, not, not just this past couple of weeks ago, 
This was years ago. We were in Florida. We were around a bunch of people we didn't know. And God had just put on our hearts that we needed to interact with some people we had never met before. We needed to go over and, and just get to know them and, and to bless them. How many of you know that's not comfortable? That's the last thing I want to do. And, and we knew the guiding of Holy Spirit was go over and, and interact with them. And this couple, their lives, they to this day, this is 30 years ago, to this day continue to thank us for coming over and just speaking to them and sharing what God had for us to share. Not, you know, thus saith the Lord. No, just encourage them and then bless them in a way God had for us to bless them. And they have continued to tell us this changed our life. It changed our ministry. It's not because I'm a pastor. Debbie's a pastor's wife. It's not because we're so smart. It's because we've got a great God. A great God who is looking to guide you and me to change the world by changing one life at a time. Those of you that, that have, have, you know that we support um, Jason Laws, and they do work all over the world, but especially in the most hostile countries to Christians. When I met Jason Law, I didn't, didn't know who he was, and I'm sitting in a, a, a room, and God's directing me, guiding me. The Spirit of God rises up, and I know I need to go over. And all I had was a scripture that was reminded to me, brought to my remembrance, from Joshua. And I went over, and I, I just said, you know, I don't know you, and I don't want you to think I'm crazy. But... I just want to share this with you. And he thanked me, and, and I said, can I pray for you? And, and he, was, he was gracious enough to let me pray. And I had no idea who he was. And I, I just last year, I got a card. Jason, Jason and I uh, text and talk on a regular basis, but I got a card from him in a book. There was a book he had written. And uh, in the card, he said, I'm giving you a copy of this book. It's done because you came and spoke to me. And I called him. I said, what do you mean? He said, do you remember when you met me? I said, yeah. He said, remember what you shared with me? I said, yeah. He said, that was the very word that God had told me that I needed to finish the book with. He used me. Just because I was available and I was willing to be guided by God. Not because I'm smart. God's not interested in our abilities. You know why? Because he gave them to you. What he's interested in is our availability. And if we're available to be led by him, there is nothing that he can't do to change the world. I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm asking you to bow your heads and close your eyes, whether you're here or you're at home, just because I don't want you to be distracted by anything else. Because this is a moment in time where God really, 
I believe God wants to encourage you. Instead of being in the stands, you know, we get so excited when, when sporting events or something goes on and, and we can cheer them on, but we don't feel we're able to be a part of it. And that's not the case in the kingdom of God. There's nobody that's not necessary. Everybody is essential. You know, we just went through the COVID and, and when they said the only essential workers. I want you to know only every person in the body of Christ is essential. And he doesn't want you to think, well, yeah, I know, God, you can use that person and you can use that person and you can use that person, but you couldn't possibly use me. The only reason why God can't use a person is because they won't allow him. He has put life's best guide in you to help you know what you need to know. And that's just the first thing. But you have to recognize he's there and be willing to let him guide you. Be willing to follow him. Be willing to step out. When you walk in the spirit and step out, it, it's, it's like stepping out on air. Because it takes faith. But the first step to being guided by God is to give yourself to God. And if you have never turned your life over to Christ, I'm going to invite you today to pray with me. A prayer of repenting, which is turning around and turning back to God and receiving him as your Lord. One who would be the master, be the one that guides and governs and guards your life. So let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son Jesus who came to earth, lived a sinless life, and willingly died on the cross for me. Today, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I receive your forgiveness. I ask you to come into my life, be Lord of my life from this day forward. I thank you, Lord, for saving me and filling me with your spirit. Holy Spirit, I want you to guide me. I want you to be my helper. And I want to be a help to you. And I thank you for working in me. To will and to do your good pleasure. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.